Welcome to Judaism in the 21st Century, the podcast that explores issues we face in life and how we can better deal with them with lessons rooted in Judaism. I'm your host, Stephen Labkoff, and my co-host with me every week is Rabbi Daniel Cohen from Congregation Agudath Shalom in Stanford, Connecticut. Welcome aboard, and let's get to it. Hello, welcome to another edition of Judaism in the 21st Century. I'm here today with Rabbi Daniel Cohen from Congregation of Go the Shalom in Stanford, Connecticut, and I'm Dr. Stephen Lapkoff. I'm your co-host. Today, we're going to be continuing on with our series about the six constant mitzvot, and uh, we covered one last week, uh, which was well. The six. Let's review the six constant mitzvot: are no, there is a God. Uh, don't believe in any other power. God is one. Love God. Fear God. And don't be misled by your heart and eyes. And we sort of covered more or less two of them last week in our conversation about uh, technology and Judaism, which was don't be misled by your heart and eyes, and a bit about uh, don't believe in any higher power. And I sort of covered both of those. This week, we're going to start the conversation on uh, number four, which is love God. And I guess the first thing I'm going to put out there today is what in the world does it mean to love God. It's not like God's your spouse. It's not like God is your uh, child. Uh, loving God is a different kind of love. Maybe we should start there. So what does it mean? What does love mean in the context of this mitzvah, mitzvot, or commandment? So I'm going to start, actually, first of all, a great topic, by the way. Um, you're looking very lovely today. Just kidding. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> Rabbis get trained in like dumb jokes, but sort of, sort of, sort of fathers. But well, you've been well trained, I can tell you. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Somebody, Rabbi Abraham Chorsky, Doctor Abraham Chorsky, would oftentimes say, "Like, do you do you love fish?" So guy would say, "I love fish." He said, "Then why are you eating it? You love yourself, but you don't actually love the fish." And I want to kind of start with that a little bit because love. Is not about what somebody else does for me, but love is defined as really I am so enamored, I'm so um, focused on doing for that other person. That's really what true love is all about. Um, and I think if we think about it in the context, not of you know lust, romanticism, like big hugs and kisses. I mean, that's obviously you know the physical piece is important, but love is about I am so enthralled with you that i ask myself every day what can i do to make your life better to be a better partner for you then it extends beyond you know a husband and a wife or extends beyond a parent and a child but the reality is actually let's take a husband and a wife i mean you know love is something which is not just uh, temporal but it's really about asking myself you know you know what can i do for you and we think about love of god What's the concept behind it? So it says, and again, this is one dimension of it. There are many, but that idea is that I'm so in love and so grateful for God who showers me with blessings like every moment of my life. And, you know, I recognize, thank God, the kindnesses of God and thereby the grace of God go I. God, how can I not use my mouth, my eyes, my lips, my material blessings to serve you? and to be your ambassador and partner in the world. And Maimonides actually talks about this. He says that, think about the love of God as literally a man who's infatuated with a woman. And it's not obviously physical, but that infatuation, like, 
she walks on water and I just want to do whatever I can to, you know, express that dedication to you. And I'll say also, you know, Judaism says, and this is part of it, that love is a verb. Love is a verb. You know, you can say to somebody, a spouse, I love you. I love you. Well, if you love me, why don't you take out the garbage? If you love me, why don't you pick up after yourself and why don't you leave your socks like right in front of the uh, this? So, you know, we, we, we're very quick to profess love, but it really is about a demonstration in a moment of opportunity. Do I do what's convenient or I do what the right thing is to do? Do I do what serves me or do I do what serves you? And in many ways, that's what it means to love God. It means not just to profess, I believe, I love you, God. But at the end of the day, am I making God the highest priority in my life? Am I doing what God wants me to do or just doing what serves me? And that's an interesting perspective on it, because I've been sort of thinking about this for the last couple of weeks since we started this conversation around the six consummates vote. And I've been trying to unpack what they kind of mean. And I, so I think I think I get what you're talking about. Maybe you can help me bring it into a current day context, because obviously, as you know, my shtick is how do I connect all of these rules and all of these uh, conversations yeah. to today? And yeah. what does that look like in the concept of today? I mean, it's one thing to sort of, you know, love God in the context of perhaps, a, um, I don't want to say this the wrong way. Um, I was about to say in a biblical sense, but that is not what I mean. Um, yes. that has another connotation, but in a way that, that you're, you just described, which is how, what can I do in, in, you know, how does that translate to today? What does that look like from a today perspective? Well, I think part of uh, the concept behind, first of all, it talks about Joseph. You know, when I think about a biblical figure, I'll tell you what it means. That love of God is when I am so enamored with God's presence in my life that I actually become a um, a conduit to bring others to love God. And I'll tell you what that means. Um, and this is something that the tractate of Yoma talks about in the Talmud, where it says, what does it mean to love God? It means to love God in such a way that when people see you, they fall in love with God. And let me explain what that means. Loving of God means that I am a optimist. Loving of God means that I express my gratitude for all the little details and blessings that God gives me, that I don't feel a sense of entitlement. Loving God means I make the blessing after I go to the bathroom and what's open is open and what's closed is closed. Loving God is when I'm outside and I say, what a glorious day. Loving God is when it rains outside and I say, well, things only grow with the rain. There's no such thing as a miserable day. Every day is God's showering of his blessings. You know, and I think that's an attitude, and we say of gratitude, of appreciation. That's the way, practically speaking, we not only bring God into the world, but we also inspire others to love God. Um, and it's not about a proselytizing. So, you know, Joseph was a person who you'd ever ask him how he was doing. He would always say, thank God, thank God, thank God, constantly from his mouth. And also, people asked Joseph where he was going and what he was doing that day. And he would say, God willing. He literally was fluent with God speak. I think in a very practical way, you know, God should be a word that is easily pronounced on our mouth. It should be uh, an expression of our gratitude, a realization that nothing happens in the world without God's will. Um, and that's a way that we demonstrate 
you know, truly our um, our love of God. Um, one other point, by the way, also, and you're very good at this, um, and we talk about this, you know, Maimonides says, love of God is expressed in marveling at the mysteries of the universe, um, in looking at nature, in looking at the stars, as King David said, how amazing are, is the host of heaven. So that's another demonstration of love of God as well. That's interesting. Marvel at the the mysteries of the universe. I mean, I, uh, as our listeners know by now, I'm a physician and I work in the sciences. And you know, the more you know, I've been in the sciences now for over forty years, and I've been completely blown away by the things that have changed in medicine in my lifetime. You know, for many many generations, medicine didn't really change all that much until probably discovery of bacteria and epidemiology and then man finally understanding that there are things that make you sick and and then all of a sudden they found antibiotics that made you better and over the last portion of my lifetime in medicine which started in the mid 80s um things have gotten to a tremendous uh, a tremendous adva advancements in many domains in oncology care I i'm enamored by the fact that we have new therapies that can extend life in what used to be absolutely fatal cancers. You know, a yeah. pediatric cancer that was fatal 99% of the time or 90% of the time in children is no, is now it's flipped around. It's now cured 90 plus percent of the time, as an example. I often wonder, is it showing love of God to, to take into account that the scientists discovered these things? Or is it that God gave the scientists the insight to, uh, you know, do the research to find these answers? Um, I, you know, you have said in the last some of our last conversations that it's um, no one does anything that they do without the hand of God guiding them in some respect. Yeah, look, I definitely believe I'll just jump in for a moment that, um, you know, we are blessed that God, it says in Jewish mysticism, has opened up the gates of wisdom for scientists in this generation. Um, yes, we have to give credit to the scientists for doing the research, but at the end of the day, um, who gave them the brain to do it? Who gave them the light bulb moment that enabled a discovery? So, um, you know, when somebody has this discovery, you talk about all these new technologies, I think you could say, thank you, doctor, but thank God for opening up his eyes right. uh, to seeing these things. So I think it's a um, reflection of love of God. You know, one thing that is uh, another piece to love of God is that what love of God is all about is about, I have a passionate yearning to draw close to God, to connect to God. So there's actually a question that when we get to the next world, God is going to say, did you see my marvelous world? Did you enjoy my marvelous world? There's a famous story about Rabbi Samson Rafael Hirsch, great German rabbi who lived in the late 1800s. He was near the end of his life. And he said, can you take me to the Swiss Alps? And they said, Rabbi, you're a little bit older. Like, you want to go to the Swiss Alps? He says, when I go to heaven, God is going to ask me, did you see my Alps? And I want to be able to say, yes, I did. You know, so it's just like this yearning to, and it wasn't because I want to see the Alps for myself, but he says, you know, if I can go there and I can make a blessing and say, thank you, God, for creating such a majestic mountain range, that's a way literally that he is bringing God into the world. And, you know, story of Rabbi, somebody once asked a great Hasidic rabbi, he says, where is God? 
And the rabbi said to him, God is where you let him in. God is where you let him in. He's everywhere. And the pursuit of love of God is about this yearning and this quest to reveal God uh, in every corner of the universe, um, in every hour of my life, because I want to develop a real closeness to God in the in in uh, everything that I do. So I think as a scientist, I think I finally am connecting with what you're saying. But what if I'm not a scientist? There's plenty of people out in the world who listen to this podcast and otherwise who are lawyers and accountants and nurses and teachers. You know, how do how does like a general layman uh approach this in every in everyday life? Let's let's say you're a school teacher. You're uh, you're you're a you're a, I was gonna say a pediatric teacher. You're a, an elementary school teacher. There, there's my mother mm. popping in, but you're an elementary school teacher and you teach third grade. Yeah. How does it? So That's I it. could see what you're saying about bringing the kids along to love God. I can see that. Yeah. How does it connect though to my daily life if I'm that third grade or fourth grade teacher? Well, I think um, you know it connects to your entire attitude about how you treat life. I mean, look. A third grade teacher, for example, or a lawyer or anybody who's doing something could say, you know what, another day at work, miserable, you know, like just see a certain negativity about the uh, moment in which they're in. Love of God says, you know what, there by the grace of God go I that I now have this job. There by the grace of God go I that I can communicate and teach. And I am so deeply appreciative, it all starts with gratitude, of the ability that I have to develop this skill, to have this job, to meet with these people, to have this family, that I am filled with abundant joy today. And that attitude is one which literally becomes captivating, which becomes energizing, and becomes something which is really ultimately contagious. So I think in anything that you do, and this gets to another point, um, we believe in Judaism, and actually uh, Martin Luther King said this in a famous quote about uh, street sweepers, that you know a street sweeper should street sh a street sweeper should sweep his street with the same joy of like Michelangelo painting a painting. Because if you're doing something to bring a little bit of cleanliness, godliness, and beauty to the world and hope, whatever that is, you are really reflecting, God in your life. Um, and that's the true demonstration of love of God. Um, so I think whatever we do, if we can elevate it and bring meaning to the mundane and joy to the monotony sometimes of life, um, those are ways in which we can really um, not only lift up ourselves, but everybody else to be lifted around us as well. You know, uh, this issue about showing joy in mundane things there's a i go to the jcc every morning to exercise around 6 or 6 30 and there's a woman there i don't even remember her name but she has a constant happy grin on her face no matter when in the morning it is or how crummy a day i mean you walk into the gym and she's always smiling and despite whether she's in a hard class or she's on a machine but she's always smiling and i look at her and i think oh my god how can she just but Watching her smile like makes me feel slightly better about being in the gym at six in the morning. But um, it's an interesting, it's it's a nice perspective, and I like the concept of bringing others along and showing joy around you because it, it nothing picks up your day than being around people 
who like being what they, like doing what they're doing and and pride in their work and and uh, just really espouse enjoyment of their everyday lives. It's it makes life a whole lot less tedious. So yeah. it never occurred to me that that would be the you know a component of what it means to love God. But it's it's a it's a nice concept to to wrap your head around now. At least yeah, for me. Yeah, like one of the things I love about the podcast, I know we're wrap, wrapping this one up, is that I never know where we're going to go. So we definitely went in places I didn't expect. But thank you. That's part of the fun of this podcast. Yeah. Well, listen, we'll call this one a wrap. And um, thank you very much, Rabbi Daniel Cohen. And uh, this is Steve Lapkoff. And thanks for joining us. See you again next week. Thank you for joining us today on Judaism in the 21st Century. You've been listening to Rabbi Daniel Cohen from Congregation of Good Shalom in Stanford, Connecticut, and Dr. Stephen Labkoff. Please join us again next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.